the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joining us as we get started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Friday, a true, honest, free-for-all Friday, the second morning of the month of November in the year of our Lord, 2018. Yes, it is a free-for-all Friday until about 10.35. We have one guest scheduled on the program today, Ohio Secretary of State John Husted, who, of course, is campaigning to be the lieutenant governor to... Uh, to uh, Mike DeWine. He will be joining us to talk about the governor's race and also about the judge's move to essentially restore all of the names that were purged from the uh, voter rolls, from those who have not been active in the process for years and years and who may or may not even be living. Uh, that was a big deal. It was a big blow, quite frankly, to uh, to Secretary of State Husted and uh, those who have been trying to clean up the process to make sure that we do have a fair and legal, legitimate election. And uh, we'll talk to him about that, but that's not until 1035. And that means, as I say, that we have a full and honest free-for-all Friday as we are now just three days away from Election Day, from D-Day. The midterms, 2018 on Tuesday, and obviously I'm uh, I'm counting uh, I'm not counting Tuesday itself. So you got today, Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, well, I'm sorry, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So I'm not counting today, and then obviously on Tuesday, uh, you can vote uh, starting early Tuesday morning. Of course, as I have been saying for days and days, really, quite frankly, weeks on this program, you should have vo- uh, voted already. If you have not voted already, I don't mean to be insulting if I say this, but you're a slacker. Quit procrastinating and go and do it. Get it done and get it done at your local board of elections without a hassle, without massive lines and all the other things that you're going to obviously deal with in a very high turnout election on Tuesday. So uh, please, by all means, get out there and cast your vote so that you do not get caught in a time crunch. That's one of those things that I just worry about because I've done it. We've all done it. I think at some point or another, I'll vote on my lunch hour. And then you get up there and you see the lines like, man, my lunch hour is going to end before I can even eat, before I can even get back to work. I got to get out of line. I'll have to try after work. I'll vote after work. And then after work, you see the lines are even longer and the polling deadline is coming. You got lines around the block. It, it, it happens. Not often, but it happens during high turnout elections. So I guess all I'm saying is please, uh, by all means, don't put yourself in a position where you get into a time crunch or a time pinch and you can't get your vote cast in time. Uh, on Tuesday, because this is all about turnout. You know, it, it, it shouldn't be, quite frankly. It shouldn't just be about turnout, because nobody, honestly, in their rational mind, should want to return the Democrats to power in the United States Congress. No one should want that, given the state of this country right now. No one should want that. Did you see the job numbers that came out earlier today? About, uh, what, 40 minutes ago? Did you see what we have? 250,000 more jobs were created in October. We have an unemployment rate holding steady at 3.7%. 250,000 jobs created, far outpacing the expected 188,000 that was forecast. 
250, and more importantly, because I don't want to hear, you know, I, I was listening to uh, uh, an interview yesterday morning on Fox News about the economy and about jobs and so on and so forth. They had one of those little debate sessions that they often have yesterday morning, and they had, I don't remember who the principals were, but a, but a you know, a, a GOP supporter, Trump supporter, whatever, and then a former Obama loyalist. And the Obama loyalist pointed out that in the last 20 months of the Obama presidency, we were adding around 220,000 jobs a month. And that in the first 20 months of the Trump presidency, we're still doing great, adding about 188,000. But he reasoned that 220,000 is more than 188,000. So, uh, you know, this, this economic turnaround and this job growth and so on and so forth was uh, just as much, you know, Obama's, you know, he is due just as much credit as, as President Trump. As a matter of fact, a little bit more so because we were doing better. And what the he and they do not tell you that I feel it is incumbent upon me to tell you is that there are jobs and then there are jobs. Because service industry jobs at, at substandard wages, at minimum wages, and jobs that aren't even full-time but are part-time but take people off of the unemployment rolls and, and, and gives them credit for a quote-unquote job created are a heck of a lot different than manufacturing jobs that are increasingly higher paid, under, which is what we are experiencing under the Trump administration. All you need to do is point to two recent stories today, 250,000 new jobs created, and yesterday, oh, look at this. Wages have grown 3.1%, the highest they have grown in a decade. So let's kind of keep a little running tote board going here, right? All-time low in unemployment for black Americans. All-time low in unemployment for Hispanic Americans. All-time low in unemployment for women. All-time low for youth who are looking for work. And a 50-year low in unemployment overall. 50. Five decades. That's a lot of presidents that have come through setting conditions in 50 years for employment and economic growth in America. It's at a 50-year low. And if Obama's economy and Obama's job growth was so good, why was it, and this is something I wish somebody would have asked the Obama loyalist on that program yesterday, why were food stamps at an all-time high under the Obama administration? Some 47 million Americans were on food stamps when Barack Obama left office. That number has been slashed exponentially under President Trump. Wages are growing faster than anybody has seen in decades. Job growth in terms of real jobs, manufacturing jobs. America is a blue-collar country, and blue-collar workers are going to work, and they're getting those good-paying jobs, family-raising jobs, life-changing jobs, because of the conditions set by the Republican Party. Because of the regulations that have been slashed by Donald Trump because of the taxes that have been lowered by the Republican Congress. More Americans with more money in their pocket, higher wages, lower taxes, better opportunities for growth and uh, for uh, promotion in their companies. All of this is because the Republicans have taken over. The Democrats did not vote for this. They voted for none of it. 
in fact, not only did they not vote for all of these things that are that are um, uh, uh, you know leading to this massive economic boom that we have right now in job growth, in wage growth, in in uh, expansion, business expansion, regulation slashing, lower taxes. Not only did they not just not vote, it's not like they were silent and just just chose to vote against all these things. They actively opposed them. They resisted. Remember, they are the hashtag resistance. Hashtag resist from the moment Donald Trump was was elected. We must resist. We must stop him. They have done their level best, the blue seats in Congress, they have done their level best to stop Donald Trump and the Republican Party from rebuilding an American economy that was lagging and sagging in the slowest economic rebound from recession in the history of this country. The Obama economy was at, in such a malaise, growing at a, at, you know, at, a, at, at the rate of molasses running in January. And if you understand that reference, it's very, very slow. How could anybody in their right and rational and reasonable mind possibly vote blue in this election to return us to that slow malaise of economic recovery that we had under Barack Obama when we are absolutely killing it as a nation? For all Americans. For all Americans. White Americans, black Americans, Latino Americans, Asian Americans, European Americans. Doesn't matter what kind of Americans. For all Americans. Young Americans, middle-aged Americans, older Americans, senior Americans. We are doing it for everybody. How anybody could want to return to where we were is simply beyond my comprehension. So, uh, I want you to vote. And I want you to get, I want you to vote your conscience. And I can honestly say to you that if you think that voting Democrat is going to improve this country after seeing months and months and months and months and really about two full years of evidence, evidence to the contrary, then I would suggest you have no conscience that you are blindly partisan and blindly loyal to an ideology that has proven to have been less effective than the ideology of limited government, slashed regulations, lower taxes, higher revenues, higher wages, higher job growth that has been proven under conservative Republican leadership. You absolutely have to recognize that. And if you choose not to, again, I would say you have no conscience. You do not care about your fellow Americans. You do not care about the best interests of your family, friends, and neighbors. You care only about your own ego, your own damaged, worn-out, trampled-upon ego. It was trampled upon in 2016, and you're looking at the 28 midterms as a way of saying, I want my power back. I voted Hillary and she didn't win. I'll take it out on them now. Never mind the fact that in the two years since Hillary lost and Donald Trump won, we have seen massive, almost unprecedented growth in our American economy, wages and jobs and more. Unprecedented. Never mind the fact that we're better because Hillary lost. We're all better off. Because the Republicans are in charge.
If you vote to turn away from that, it's because you care more about your own ego, your own narcissism. That's right, you are in love with yourself more than you are your country. Because if you care about your country, and you care about the needs and the and the ability, uh, the needs of others, and the ability for others around you to succeed, then you would want this growth that we are experiencing right now to continue. You don't have to love Donald Trump's personality. You don't have to like his rallies, and you don't have to like his tweets. But you doggone well cannot possibly argue against his results. And if you're not supporting that on Tuesday, then you are part of the problem, not part of the solution. We're back after this. where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. 925, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. I mentioned in the open that uh, we are guest-free today until 1035 when uh, John Husted, Secretary of State, is going to join me to talk about uh, voting in the uh, in the state of Ohio and also about his run as the lieutenant governor candidate with... Uh, gubernatorial candidate Mike DeWine. So that'll be at 1035. Free for all means anything you want to talk about is fine. But I'll tell you what, I'm looking at the economy this morning and I'm looking at the 25, or excuse me, the 250,000 jobs created last month. I'm looking at the um, uh, wage hike of 3.1% average wages in the United States. That's the highest in a decade. And I'm looking at all of the other numbers. And I'm asking very seriously and legitimately, unless you are just blindly hyper-partisan for Democrats, how could you possibly vote to stop this runaway economic train? A vote for anyone in blue on Tuesday is a vote to slam the brakes on this economic growth. You can either go back to the days of record high food stamp allotment, which we had for Barack Obama or under Barack Obama for eight years, or stay with the days that we have going right now with President Trump and Republican congressional leadership with record low unemployment, particularly for uh, minorities in America. And ironically enough, or not, coincidentally or not, Many of the same people are affected by those two, two statistics. African Americans on unemployment and on food stamps under Obama. African Americans surging with record employment and not needing food stamps under Donald Trump and the Republicans. So again, I would submit to you that if you vote for Democrats and you vote to go back to the regressive ways of the Obama administration, and of Democrat leadership in Congress. Honestly, I would submit you are not voting with your conscience because you do not have one. Uh, Mark is in Fairview Park. Mark, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead, sir. Morning, Bob. I, morning, I just Mark. wanted to uh, tell you what a good, great job you've been doing. I mean, I recommend you to so many different people because uh, it's just such a, such a great show. And uh, the guests you have on and Mr. Cousin on everybody, uh, but you know what? I, there's still people out there I talk to who they're still asking me, well, what has Trump done? What has Trump done? I, I, some of these people out there, I'm telling you, they're living in a cave or they're watching some of these silly shows, the CNN or the MSNBC. I got wise to that a long time ago, the MSNBC, when, 
Obama was in, and uh, they had uh, uh, Rubio giving uh, his response to the State of the Union, uh, well, the State of the Union response that he was giving, and he stopped for a thing uh, to take a sip of water. And I went to other stations, and I came back to MSNBC a little bit later, an hour or so later, and they're still talking about the guy taking a sip of water. You know, <laughs> absolute nonsense. But uh, anyhow, the kind of garbage you get is, uh, I think you might have, it's been on most of the shows, the montage about uh, attacking Trump. And, uh, you know, I mean, you get a good idea what's going on through that montage. Uh, you know, the, the guy's Hitler, he's this, he's that. It's just, just unbelievable. But uh, well, anyhow, as much, I said, I wanted much to... You nailed it, Mark. You, you really nailed it when you said, you know, um, uh, the people that are coming up to you and saying, well, what has Trump ever done? They're watching and reading media that refuses to report the positive things that have happened in this country under the president. It's why he calls them fake news, because not only do they, uh, do they overstate and embellish news, negative stories against the president they refuse to publish or run or broadcast all of this positive news and that's why people are coming up to you and saying well i haven't heard anything trump has done well that's because they're they're it's not being presented to them the media is doing their level best to hide all of this progress because they hate him so much well after the last weekend and the shooting and that i watched the nbc news the one night and uh, they showed, you know, the, the president did a visiting Pittsburgh for about a minute and a half, and then the protests and people screaming at him and everything else, and that, that's what you get. But anyhow, I just wanted to say the, the job that you've done, I, I recommend yeah. you to so many people. It's just... Uh, uh, I can't tell enough people. I said, you've got to start listening yeah. to some some people with brains, but if do I have a minute to, uh, to uh, quote from Shakespeare? Uh, well, you know what, Mark? I, especially after all those kind compliments you just paid me, I would love to say yes, but I'm actually at the news time now, so I got to get. So I'm going to get to the news. But thank you for those compliments, and thank you for for spreading the message about what we're doing on this show. And more importantly, tell your friends who ask you those questions. Well, what has Trump really done? Tell them to listen to this show. Tell them to turn on networks and tell them to to, to click on websites that are actually going to report the truth, rather than try to bury it under an avalanche of insults and criticism because they don't like Trump's personality. And that's that's. That's really where we are. News time now. More of your calls to come on AM 1420. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob Frantz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 934 now. The Bob Frantz Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer. Just three days between now and your opportunity to, uh, uh, to state clearly and emphatically to the rest of the country that we do enjoy growth. We do enjoy prosperity. We do enjoy higher wages. We do enjoy lower taxes. We do enjoy economic growth. We do enjoy job expansions and opportunities for advancement. We do, we do, do enjoy all of these things, and we do not intend to turn in the other direction. We do not wish to move backwards after we have been moving forwards. Do you want to know why? How, how bizarre is it, by the way? And I'm going off on a slight tangent here. How bizarre is it, by the way, that the president talking about birthright citizenship and the president talking about the migrant caravan has been characterized as uh, by the Democrats, by the left, as distraction distraction because the republicans have no answer for pre-existing conditions which is the democrats message this midterm season now i want to i want you to seriously think about that right now okay obamacare is not new 
There is not a a pending Obamacare repeal bill that is on the table right now uh, by the Republican Congress. They've tried, obviously, to come up with a repeal uh, that would uh, you know repeal and replace. And I don't want to get into the details on that because th- that's the point. We're not in that debate period right now. This is not a story. The Democrats literally have no message to offer in the midterms at a time in which they desperately want to take control of the Congress back so they can try to introduce articles of impeachment and get rid of Donald Trump. They cannot possibly run a campaign for all of their candidates nationwide on Tuesday on the economy because the economy is outstanding. The economy is outstanding. They cannot possibly run and say, we've got better ideas on how to grow the economy. Because if you did, you already would have done it when Barack Obama was president and in the first two years when you had control of the government and the Congress. They can't. They can't run on the economy. So where where do we go? National security. You can't run and say we're the party for national security when it was your president who gutted the United States military that has been rebuilt in two years of President Trump's control and of the Republicans in Congress who are working with him against every single step of the way, the resistance of the Democrats. So you say, what about national security within our homeland? They can't run on that. They are pro-caravan. They are pro-open borders. They are pro-sanctuary cities. They are anti-deportation. They are pro-amnesty. And guess what? Middle America rejects all of the above. Middle America respects security. Middle America respects sovereignty. Middle America respects the rule of law. Middle Middle America welcomes immigrants to this country from all corners of the globe. If they do it legally. We welcome people from Central America, like the ones in the caravan. We welcome people from Africa, from Australia, from Europe, from Antarctica, for crying out loud. Literally all four corners of the globe, all seven continents. You're welcome. Just do it legally. Democrats welcome illegality. Violations of the rule of law are the, are the norm. The American people reject all of those things that the Democrats stand for. So they got nothing to run on, and so they go, healthcare. <clears throat> Let's refight the healthcare fight in the midterms of 2018. Never mind the fact that it's not a fight right now. It is not an issue that's on the table. We have to make it one. Why? Because we got nothing else. Pre-existing conditions. Yeah, remember when the Republicans didn't like Obamacare and they, they, they tried to stop it and, and then they tried to repeal it and, and it's nothing to do with the fact that it raised the cost of premiums and deductibles for millions and millions and millions of Americans and it kicked millions more off of their health care plans and it cost them their doctors that Obama told them they could have. They only hated the Obamacare because of they didn't want to cover people with pre-existing conditions. Because you see, Republicans don't have pre-existing conditions. It's only Democrats. Just want you to ponder that for a moment. As they accuse Republicans of being against 
coverage of people with pre-existing conditions. That would be accusing Republicans of trying to hurt themselves. Because guess what? Human beings have pre-existing conditions before they can be added to health care plans. Human beings, all kinds of them, not just those on the Democrat side of the aisle. That's how stupid this is to suggest they don't want to cover people with pre-existing conditions simply because they don't want Obamacare. And they want the free market to run. But that's all they have. Did you notice this Tuesday and Wednesday of this week? When the president was making headlines by saying, yes, I am going to use an executive order or whatever it is that I have to in order to end birthright citizenship for illegal aliens because the 14th Amendment does not apply to them. Democrats just responded to that with, this is distraction by Donald Trump. This is distraction and demagoguery because he doesn't have an answer for our midterm message about pre-existing conditions. Oh, goodness. You can't write this. You can't make it up. They can't run on the economy. We're killing them on the economy. They can't run on security. They can't run on immigration. Americans answered the question about immigration, by the way, back in November of 2016. Hillary Clinton said open borders and sanctuary cities. Donald Trump said build a wall. The American people said wall. There you go. They got nothing. So they're running on pre-existing conditions. Ponder that. Diane is calling us from Seville. Thank you for your patience, Diane. Welcome to uh, Free For All Friday. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> you worked up. Um, okay, so I've been listening, and I'm calling in regards to the actual poll booth um, election site. Okay. I'm uh, I'm a precinct election official. Okay. The poll opens officially at 6.30 in the morning on Tuesday. It officially closes at 7.30 Tuesday night. When I go outside to make the announcement that the poll is closed, anyone who is in line will have the chance to vote. So how do, I've often wondered this. How do they know that there aren't more people being added to the back of that line at 745 and at 810? Is somebody outside you know, putting a, a barrier up saying, okay, line ends here at 730, and then anybody who comes up after that is turned away? Is that how that works? We have special cards that we will hand out to the last 10 people. Aha, uh-huh. so at 7.30 you go to the end of the line and give those cards to the last 10 people, and if people are in the parking lot and sprinting to the end of the line at 7.31, <laughs> that's when you say, sorry, you're out. Exactly. We will okay. also be watching the door. That's all. That's exactly the reason why, by the way, that I, I tell people to vote early. Because I don't want mm-hmm. people to get caught in that. I don't want them to be toward the end of a line or at the end of a line or sprinting to the end of a line when the cutoff happens. Or, as I said, if you try to vote in the middle of the day, you do it on your lunch hour and you're tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. That line is long. you got to get out of line and go back to work and try to come back later. You know, just don't. That's the beauty of early voting. I wasn't always in favor of early voting, but I do see the benefits of it, especially in super high turnout elections like this one is supposed to be. Just go and cast your vote at your leisure, at your uh, your uh, uh, local um, uh, board of elections, and just take all of the guesswork and the worry and the waiting and the frustration out of election day Tuesday. Oh yes, sir. I l- actually live in Wayne County, mm-hmm. and on the twenty second, I took my husband down 
I was number 1,133. The ninth wow. day of voting. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, like, yeah, it's... It's it's and by the way it's a, and Diane thank you for that information and thanks for volunteering by the way as a poll worker uh, because it is important uh, that we have you know uh, obviously everything orderly and uh, organized uh, on election day because it's going to be crazy on Tuesday but uh, speaking of that early, those early returns or not just returns because it's not being counted yet but just early turnout based on uh, responses uh, Republicans are at this stage anyway of early voting more enthusiastic than Democrats. There were more Republicans coming out to vote early than there are Democrats. And if you think about it this way, that in the 2016 presidential election, there were more Democrats than Republicans who came out to vote in early voting. And Trump still won. So now that there are more Republicans than Democrats, I don't know about you, but I see that as being a very, very optimistic sign. More Republicans are enthusiastic and excited about getting out there and casting their red votes than are Democrats. And um, if there is anything to be a red brake wall against that blue wave, uh, that would be it. Let's go to John, who's calling us from Chardon on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, John, go ahead. Hey, Bob, uh, two points. <clears throat> I don't understand something. I listen to Hugh Hewitt part of the time, mm-hmm. and he rattles off the people in the races right. throughout the country. And he never mentions Jim Renacci versus Sherrod Brown. And that seat is a vote in the Senate, which, which we need, compared to governors who uh, don't uh, vote. So, anyway, that's I have first heard. Point. I have heard him. I did not hear him today. But I, did, I have heard Hugh include Jim Renacci's name in that, uh, in that mix as he runs down this race, that race, this race, that race. Obviously, he can only do a certain number a day because he kind of like tries to throw them all in at the end before he uh, signs off for the day. But I heard mm-hmm. him on previous days mention Renacci. It's just hard to get them all in, obviously, in a single day. But he's done it. Okay, okay, good, and, good enough, fair, fair enough. All right, my second point in the in, in the race for judge of uh, court of appeals, which is a big job, uh, between Matt Lynch and Mrs. Clammer, uh, she's big on signage, uh, but I haven't seen her on TV. And Matt is talking about only about what he will do for the job. So it's unusual and refreshing to see a clean uh, camp campaign on both sides here. Anyway. All right. Well, well, you know what? I agree with you. I love Matt Lynch. I do. I, I yeah. Matt, Matt has been a he's been a fill in on this show before because he and I are friends and he and I are like minded and uh, he likes you know some of the same things I like about this audience and he loves interacting interacting with them, which is why I ask him whenever he's not in campaign mode, I ask him to come on here and uh, and I agree he would be absolutely perfect for that spot and I hope the voters understand that and realize that. Uh, let me go to uh, Gary, who's in uh, Olmstead Township next on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. All right, Gary, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Hopefully I've got the time uh, to say what I want to say and get an answer from you. Uh, A week and a half ago, I uh, called. It was at the end of the time slot, and uh, I really didn't, you really didn't have much time to elaborate on why you you gave me the answer that you did. But uh, my point is... What what was it? Hold on. Refresh my memory, please. Uh, Help me out here, uh, Gary. Um, What what was the issue that I was responding to? What I had asked you about was why didn't anybody take up uh, the position on using e-pass or generating the funds to build the wall? Oh, right, 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 right. You had responded by saying that, well, you had heard 
from someone that it would, you know, it would hurt. Uh, I talked to somebody people. in elected office, yeah, and I, and, and I and I wish I could remember who it was, but I kind of said the same thing. I said, "Hey, it makes some sense, doesn't it?" Uh, and they said, "No." And 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 again, I have to only paraphrase it because it was a you know conversation I had. Obviously, it was several weeks ago, and and I'm and I don't have it memorized line by line, but it was it was essentially that. Uh, they don't want Americans who are traveling back and forth to be caught up in paying for that as well. Uh, you know, a lot of Americans actually conduct, conduct business in Mexico, uh, and they go down there, and they don't want American employees, American workers, American companies, or or anybody else, even tourists, to have to pay these exorbitant mm-hmm. fees by by way of of e pass or 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 whatever pass that would be called. Well, well in order we, to pay we for pay that. we pay to get into these countries. We pay to get into Mexico. If you go to Mexico, it costs you 18 bucks right off the bat. Not to mention if you stay more than a certain amount of time, which I believe is 21 days, I mean, you're asked to put up another $400 for an insurance bond if you're driving in. And, 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 and then to add what you're talking about to it for the wall, you're not, you know, you're 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 essentially going to discourage any traveler because now if you're going to add twenty five or thirty dollars or whatever it's going to be to come back into this way, uh, from to, you know to the United States, it's going to be essentially punitive to people who are actually traveling to Mexico. Punitive to who? Us to, Americans? To, to Americans, right? To Americans ah, who are going to Mexico and then wanting to come back. Um, we're already paying. We're already paying to get into Mexico. I know, but I'm talking about coming back in. What you're talking about, right, is if, is is essentially charging by way of these no. If you're passes. Americans, you don't have to pay to get back in. Well, how, that's so the, what that what, was the suggestion. You know, okay. if you're an American, you don't have to pay to get back in. Okay, well, well but if you're anything other than American, you're going to pay to get back in, or to or to come in. That's the price of doing business, and that would generate 1.8 billion dollars a year, and that doesn't even take into consideration the cost of of uh, 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 goods and services that are coming over the rails, or or coming through uh, uh, airports, or coming in from sure. uh, from shipping. Uh, it's, it's a win-win situation. Well, uh, listen, Gary, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I won't say that it's a win-win, but I won't say it's a lose-lose either. Like I said, because I am not fluent enough in it to be able to remember what, like I said, because I can't, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Gary. I'm going to, I'm going to go back and see if I can figure out what if official, because it was an elected official I spoke with who said this and said, Hey, what about this idea of, you know, of, of charging people as they come back and forth across the border to, to pay for the, uh, the actual border wall? Uh, by way of the e-pass and so on and so forth. And like I said, I can't remember all of the details as to why they said it's been considered and been brought up in uh, on Capitol Hill, I think, even. But but it was the, the idea was soundly defeated because of its impact on American uh, travelers uh, to and fro. And I just don't remember the specifics. But I'm going to try to go back and look at my own records and conversations, and I'll see if I can figure what official I talked to. It might have been Jim Jordan or Jim Renacci. I just don't recall. And if I do... Uh, you have my promise, Gary. I'll get them on the air, and we'll talk about it together there. That way I don't have to try to Wonderful. go into the third-party conversation. Okay? Wonderful. All because right, you can always drag me in, because I did about 50 hours worth of research on this. Okay, well, I appreciate that. A lot of- yeah, All right. I, I appreciate that, and, and I'll make sure to announce it ahead of time if I'm going to have that conversation so we can get you on the phone with them, too. Because, because like I said, right, I, I, I remember when you, you first presented this to me, and I got out now. Uh, I remember when you first presented this to me, I was excited about the idea, and I said, yeah, I think that's a great idea. And when I brought it up with whomever it was, and this is my ADHD taking over, sometimes I see something shiny and I forget what I was doing before. I just can't recall who it was. 
But I, I said, hey, what about this? And they said, yeah, it's been brought up and it's been discussed and it's been tried and it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't float because of A, B, C, D, D and E. And I just don't recall what those were. But thank you, my friend. Uh, free, that, by the way, is what Free For All Friday is all about, bringing up conversations we've had in the past or conversations we have not even talked about, issues we haven't talked about yet. Uh, but whatever it is you want to do, we'll do it at 216-901-0945. Back after this. All right, 956 now. The Bob Francis Jordan, AM 1420, The Answer. It's a free-for-all Friday. Didn't get a chance to talk about it yet, but the President of the United States laying down the law when it comes to that caravan. Briefly, I just want to hit this. The uh, caravan, when you come to the border and attack our Border Patrol agents, expect to have your attack returned in kind. A dozen migrants in the caravan have filed a class action lawsuit against the Trump administration, claiming the government's effort to keep them out of the United States is violating due process rights under the Fifth Amendment. The suit, filed in U.S. District Court in Washington, said it's widely known that Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador are undergoing a well-documented human rights crisis. Meanwhile, more than 100 Democratic representatives have signed a letter to Defense Secretary Jim Mattis stating their opposition to sending additional support troops to the southern border all right that was the wrong clip although that one is important to discuss as well i don't know how a bunch of illegals from honduras can have status to file a lawsuit in an american federal court demanding that they're not getting due process they are not entitled to due process they're not american citizens and they're not american residents or residents of the united states of america they're not even visiting they're outside the united states but that's another story. The story I wanted to play a clip from, and I did not have apparently, is uh, the president has said anybody coming and throwing bottles or rocks or anything else at our border agents from the other side of the border, prepare to be fired upon. We will treat those as firearms because they can do just as much damage, and it's true. You can indeed kill somebody with a rock to the face. And besides, what do you want our Border Patrol agents to do if they're being attacked by rocks? Engage in a rock fight? Pick up rocks on our side of the border and throw them back? Is that how they're supposed to defend themselves? No. Law enforcement gets to defend itself with lethal force when force is used against them. And if they're using a deadly weapon, whether it's a bullet or a rock or a bottle or anything else, absolutely, we should be able to fire back. The president is declaring that is the case. Good for our border agents. Esther has been waiting in Cleveland. Esther, you're on the air. Go ahead. Thanks. On Wednesday, my call was uh, cut short because of the end of the program. I had several references that relate to either enemies and or economics. First, if we look in the dictionary, some of the references are to hate, hostility, something destructive or injurious. The Bible in Exodus 22, 28 says, do not curse. Uh, leader, Romans 13, the first several verses are refer to resistance. I was thinking the people who are resisting the Electoral College. Uh, there's, uh, I was referring also on Wednesday to uh, Mark Levin's book. He's talking about how the uh, Supreme Court is destroying America in various ways. You can look up there regarding economics of immigrants. In his writing the book, I think early 2000s, uh, they were at maybe single digits, uh, money going to illegal aliens, and now we're up to $115 billion a year. 
that Mark Levin's book, The Men in Black, and then we have Larry Kudlow's book, uh, JFK and the Reagan Esther, Revolution. Esther, my head is spinning right now. I'm okay? sorry. And I know if my head is spinning, so is everybody else's. We've got to keep our, our, a little bit more of a narrow focus on what we want to talk about. Because if you, if you call up and talk about 17 different things in 35 seconds, none of them register. So I, I don't mean to be mean or cruel or anything else, but we've got to narrow our focus of the phone calls before we call. We can't just get in a point on, on, on all of these different things. All right, so let's try to narrow the focus. We'll talk to you the next time around. It's 10 o'clock. If you're on hold, stay there. I'm coming right back to more calls on AM 1420. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.